Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening. This is Michael Vandervoort on Drive Through HR, and we're doing another one of our uh, quarantini episodes. Um, Robin was going to join us, but unfortunately, she says she's not feeling well, um, so she's going to beg off the call tonight. And, and uh, you know, I think we should all send out some positive thoughts, given everything else that's going on. Hoping she's just having a, a bad headache. Um, but anyway, our, uh, we're going to do a one-hour show again. The last week, it was all checking in on the HR community, and we, were, we decided to do two or three of these shows for a little while, and so we're going to have a guest tonight for the first 30 minutes, if you're listening in and hanging out, and since I'm running the board, interviewing the guest, and trying to follow the Twitter stream, if you're, if you're following along, I may not be able to reply on Twitter as much as, as we did last week, but anyway... Um, for those of you that are listening, our our, uh, our guest is Jennifer Oroqua. I've known Jennifer for a number of years, and uh, I'll let her give her own background. Jennifer, welcome to Drive Through uh, in the evening, and how are you doing today? Doing great. Thanks, Michael. I have to ask, though, is there an actual recipe for the quarantini, if, we, if we're following uh, along at home? I think there ought to be. I don't know. Maybe we should, maybe <laughs> we should throw that out, you know, crowdsource it in the next, uh, in, that, I, I in the back so. end of the show in the last 30 I, minutes, and hopefully we're getting the people to talk to. I'm yeah, I, last week I drank rum and ginger beer, and tonight I'm just having a, a, a Heineken. So yeah. there is yep. no official quarantini yet, but we could probably. All right. We should work on that. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so so, so so tell folks who you are and what you do. Yep. Sure. I'm Jennifer Oroqua, and I am COO at Projections. Projections is an employee communications company. Uh, we produce video websites and e-learning products, um, as well as um, employee relations podcasts, uh, social media, um, things like that to help c- employers connect with their employees. And we've been doing that since 1979, um, focus on labor relations, but we also do orientations, training, benefits, all those sort of communications. Great. Um, and, and in, you know, in full transparency, yeah, I've, I've worked with projections as a client. And when I was with Q, we had office space there. So I'm very familiar mm-hmm. with the, the projection staff and, and uh, it's not commercial, but they really are a great team of communication specialists in both in video and otherwise. And so that was one of the reasons I decided to, to get Jennifer on as a guest tonight. Um, so Jennifer, mm-hmm. you, you, um, you had, you did your own, your own podcast. Let's talk about that for a second. Um, just to, just to, I guess, to plug it up front. So you guys recently started a show called Project HR. Mm-hmm. And I think you've done about what 15 or 16 episodes so far. Something like that. We, um, we, we're weekly. So we do every Thursday. Um, and yeah, I think so, we're, I think we're probably at 15 or so. So, so explain the premise of Project HR, which is a little bit different than what we do in some of the other podcasts. 
Project HR was our way of serving and providing value to our clients. Most of our clients are in HR, and so we are looking for thought leaders in the industry. We talk with folks who have recently written books or have a certain topic that they have a lot of energy and passion around, um, and Project HR is a play on projections, so we took off the end of projections and made it Project HR. Um, so it's been very well received, and we've loved doing it, um, and lots and lots of great feedback, so it's it's been fun. And that recent episode that you spoke of just a minute ago, we did a, a whole piece on employee communication during a crisis, um, which is kind of what we do. I mean, when you when you talk about labor relations and things like that, that, that can put people into a crisis mode. And so we're well-versed in executing things quickly and well. Yep. Yeah, sometimes turning things around like it with 24-hour notice when you get a hot yeah, spot. So for sure. but tonight, you know, we don't really want to talk about, I guess we're not really here to talk about COVID-19 as much as we are to talk about some things that HR folks might want to think about because everybody is, you know, I mean, everybody's just dealing with so much stuff that we've really never dealt with before. I so mean, much stuff. Six yeah. million unemployment claims, you know, this, mm-hmm. this week. And, yep. you know, a month ago we had under 3% unemployment. I mean, so mm-hmm. it's a, one of the most crazy turnarounds, it's, you know, and, and we're all affected in different ways, but um, some companies like Publix are hiring, others are laying right. off, Macy's laid off 125,000 people. So all these things are happening super fast. So thought we'd mm-hmm. spend, you know, 25 minutes or so with you talking about, uh, you know, I, I titled it communicating in a pandemic. Hopefully this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. Really, right. this is more of communicating during any kind of a, a crisis that you're in your with your company that might come up, whether it's a mm-hmm. attack or anything. Mm-hmm. So this is uh, hopefully relevant beyond COVID-19, although it's, you know, certainly, certainly might help that as well. So one of the first things, I guess, um, Jennifer is um, like, we're, we're, you know, like if you're just any, if, if we're one of your HR clients, you know, where, what are you guys talking about with your clients right now? And, how are you helping them get started uh, just down the path or is it, is it just, uh, is it just everything is off fire right now? No, no. I mean, there's definitely a strategy around it. Um, one thing that we've been talking about a lot is making sure that what you're communicating is relevant. So we're not just repeating the same information that the CDC is throwing out there or, you know, where uh, people can get their news from other other places. It needs to be relevant to your employees and what's going on at your company right now. So that's that's the first part of the strategy is, is basically relevance. Um, and then from there, there's a lot of attempt to mitigate the negative effects of all of that information that everybody is, is getting. You know, there's a, um, there's sort of a personal responsibility around that. You know, I heard somebody say the other day that you can have nine minutes of news at 10 minutes, you're, you're hitting the hard stuff at nine minutes. You're okay. Mm-hmm. So limit yourself mm-hmm. to nine minutes of actual news. So, you know, there's that personal responsibility around it, but then as a company, you've got to make sure that you're being authentic and communicating the truth and answering those questions that, that people are concerned about relative to their jobs. And what's the, what is this doing? Whether you're, you're thriving, like, you know, Publix is hiring or whether you're in a situation where you're, you're facing layoffs or you're facing, you know, something even worse. So that, that truth and that transparency, I think is, is a definite element of the strategy as well. Um, I, you know, I think, I think that the, the pressure of the situation and sort of the daily evol- evolving the, the way things are evolving on a daily basis that you, you can't, you know, what you plan today might not be any nearly True. enough for tomorrow. Right. And yep. mm-hmm. so, so like, I mean, in like, you know, like my employer is a huge company and um, 
you know, many of your, many others, you know, there are a lot of small businesses out there. So like, mm-hmm. I, I get the transparency piece, but like, how do you tell people what they need to know about like filing unemployment and about the CARES Act and about the FFCRA? I, I, I don't remember that acronym. The, right. All the, the families first. How do, how do you, how do you start communicating that kind of stuff that employees need to know right away to yeah. keep their lives going as best they can when they're losing their job or whatever? Yeah, and particularly when people in a remote situation as well. You know, it is much more difficult to connect with people when they're not right there in front of you. So the the strategy we're looking at there is kind of twofold. We have um, put together a number of microsites um, where it's just focused on what employees need to know right now. And then the the other piece of that puzzle is communicating with frontline leaders, making sure that your supervisors have the information so that employees know that they can go to that trusted source. So you've got to make sure that they've got the skills and the ability and the information to communicate back to the employee. You know, um, and, and I think that's a big, I think there's an, an unusually large challenge right now with that last comment you made in that, like if you're an essential employer, whether you're a grocer or, you know, any other kind of company that's, you know, people are leaning on for, you know, survival basically at this point, um, those managers are consumed with lots of other stuff and, you know, mm-hmm. talking to their employees, while it certainly should be probably first and foremost, I'm guessing in a lot of situations it isn't. So, so are, are, is there anything you can recommend that might help folks out with their supervisors to be able to communicate, you know, quickly but clearly? And and that's again, you know, a website is the easiest way to do that. Even if you want to put it behind a password protection so that so that nobody else can see it, so that it's private just to your your leaders, um, that's the best way to do that. And then letting them know via, you know, if you've got uh, SMS messaging or however you normally communicate with your leaders, letting them know that there's new information there for them to to share. Um, and having that that separate and dedicated communication just for your leaders also makes them feel empowered that they can actually help their employees, makes them feel better about providing that information. They know it's accurate. So keeping that separate, making sure that they've got something different than what you're, you're telling the general public different than what you're telling your employees is really important. Um, I want to jump for a second to like, you mentioned like nine minutes of news, maybe all you can take. Um, uh, And and that, that makes some sense to me. Um, But but honestly, uh, hang on, I'm losing my train of thought. I, I, I think there's, I, I think, I mean, I think there's a, a, an important point there is like everybody wants to know what's going on, but mm-hmm. for all of us, I think there's kind of an information overload. Mm-hmm. So what are, what are you telling your clients or what are your thoughts about the impact of this sort of nonstop barrage of right. negative information and how does it impact employees and how does it impact managers? Right. Well, and going back to what I was saying about, you know, that sort of element of personal responsibility of limiting your, your intake there. One thing that I think is, has been very beneficial for a number of companies that we've seen is the ability for two-way communication. So not just with your supervisor, but having a, a, a channel that they can get back to, to HR without burying your HR team, of course. We want to do something online where they can actually ask questions and I don't understand this or can you help me with that? Um, so having that two-way communication, I think, mitigates that sense of hopelessness, you know, if they can actually feel empowered by communicating back with your, your corporate department that, that handles those questions. Mm-hmm. What, what, you know, it's very easy for us, uh, for employees to talk amongst themselves now, you know, even mm-hmm. across a large organization through social media or other, you know, other kinds of forums. Um, and, and, and I've seen some situations, you know, just in the last couple of weeks where the employees are kind of looking 
each other to uh, to answer questions, right? And mm -hmm. it got down some kind of weird, you know, the their their interpretations aren't always probably what the what the communication it was intended right. to be. Right. Uh, so so that brings me to a question, which is, um, I guess, like what what kind of so how can how can companies what should they avoid in communication? Obviously, the goal is to be clear and concise and transparent. Those are all admirable mm -hmm. things. Yep. But but what if you're confusing people or whatever? How, what do you, how do you respond to that? Well, and again, you know, I think that that has to do with making sure that it comes from the top down, that you've you've educated your leaders, that it is relevant, that, you know, that's a, a huge piece of the puzzle. Don't talk about anything that isn't going to impact the business itself. Um, I think one thing that's definitely necessary to avoid is negative language. That's the kind of thing that starts that, that rumor mill that you're kind of alluding to there where employees are chattering amongst themselves. Um, when when you use positive forward thinking language, when this is over, not if this ends, you know, that sort of a thing. Um, mm -hmm. Not talking about, I, I talked with somebody who, who was talking about um, a, a manager, a supervisor who had started like every sentence with, here's what the problem is. And he kept saying problem, problem, problem. And, and you just have to turn that language around and make sure that they're saying we have opportunities here. This is how we're going to address this so that it's forward thinking. You're telling the truth. You're absolutely transparent with what you're doing, but avoid that, that negative language that makes people start wondering, Oh, what did that mean? Um, and that, so that kind of stops that rumor mill and stops that chatter amongst people telling each other the wrong things. Yeah. Um, what about, I, I guess like you, you just alluded there to certain words, talking proactively when this ends versus Oh my God, is this ever going to end or whatever? Right. Is, is there other, like, are there other tips around tone um, or, you know, like length of message or anything that you would talk about during these crisis times? You know, this isn't like a normal town hall meeting or, or a mm. normal memo going out or an email. These are things that can alter your people's lives in like one minute. Right. So Certainly. Yeah. How employers kind of approach that thorny issue. What, yeah. One thing there to, to address is definitely frequency. You know, how often are you communicating? Because if you hit the wrong note there, you can really alienate employees. Like if you're if you're communicating too often or not often enough, um, that's a that's a definite problem. That's where you that's where you get issues too often and people start to feel anxious, not often enough. And they're anxious again. They don't know you know what's going on. So uh, that would be a, a definite way to do that. And the way to, to measure that is how often do you communicate no normally when you're not in a crisis situation? You know, mm -hmm. weigh that weigh, weigh it against what you have done in the past and make sure that you're meeting employee needs that way um how, how the kind of the opposite side of that or maybe like i don't know if it's completely opposite but how do like especially during crisis time when time is limited how can managers uh, or hr people give employees an opportunity to talk to to us if you talk you know because they probably have a lot of questions that they're afraid to ask or don't mm -hmm. know what to ask so how do how do you encourage people to open up and ask what they need to know well, and that's actually, it's something interesting that you say that we, we teach that in our, our A Better Leader course, um, all mm -hmm. about intentional, intentional conversations. So again, going back to that dedicated co communication for your leaders, teaching them to go ask, you know, go talk to these people, take five minutes, how you're doing, do you have any questions, is there any, any support that you need that you're not currently getting, you know, those sort of personal interactions and just doing it intentionally. And if, and if each leader is able to do that, and, you know, it's difficult with the remote workers, but if each leader is able to do that, then you've got that direct connection to the employee and they feel heard because they have the opportunity to talk. Right. Okay. Um, we're just 
about 15 minutes into the show, so I'm just going to do a quick reset, Jennifer. Um, this is Michael Vandervoort. It's uh, April 2nd. We skipped April Fool's Day yesterday, which there's there was no fun. Ain't nothing fun to be had, I guess, for that day. But our guest is Jennifer Oroqua. She's the COO of Projections, Inc., which is a, a communications consultancy based in Atlanta. And we're talking about some tips about how employers and HR people, managers, um, should think about communicating during this pandemic. Uh, so we're trying to offer some, po some positive help against COVID-19 in the workplace because we know everyone is backed up. So, um, Jennifer... Uh, I think that, you know, like, we all, here's another interesting dilemma, right? This is a little bit of a shift away from communication, and yet it's probably one of the hardest parts of communication because we're doing it on the fly. So we just became a nation where most of the employees that are working are working from home. And, it, mm -hmm. you know, that was not the case two weeks ago, and no one would have ever predicted that something like that could happen this fast. Right. So mm -hmm. questions about um, – you know, any tips, I guess, first of all, any tips for people who are working from home? I know you, you guys run a, 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 it's not a virtual forum, but it's pretty virtual. Um, and certainly you lead virtually. Um, mm -hmm. So get, you, got, you got some thoughts from either from your own experience or just in general about how, you know, both employer, the managers, if you will, mm -hmm. and then the employees need to think about communicating uh, with remote, newly remote workers. And just hold that question in your mind for just a second. There's a trouble hashtag out there, and I don't know if it's real or not, but it's hashtag poor Jennifer. And it was a young lady who was on a, on a Zoom call, which is Zoom is everybody's flavor of the of the week for communication. And she was on a Zoom call, and apparently she took her computer into the bathroom and projected herself <laughs> during the Zoom thing. So if you haven't seen poor Jennifer, hashtag poor Jennifer, I don't know if it's real. Clearly, you don't want to make that mistake, and, no. and mm -hmm. it is real, uh, you know, how terrible. But, but anyway, you know, we don't probably have to deal with anything that extreme, but, but you know, those, are, those things seem to be allegedly happening. So how yep. can people help themselves, and how can managers help the people? Well, I'm going to go back to that story right, real quick. Um, I have no intention of going to find that clip, but we had that happen in the studio once. We had a studio full of actors, and they were all mic'd up with the wireless mics, and one of them had his mic on and went to the bathroom, and it broadcast through the entire control room, <laughs> clients sitting there and everything. <laughs> so that's a funny in story. The anyway, yes, yep, yep. Yeah, so and by the way, just for clarity, the poor, hashtag poor Jennifer is not the Jennifer we're speaking no. to. <laughs> no, right. and I have no intention of going to look that up. So, yeah, right. no worries. Yep, yep. <laughs> Well, and I think that um, compassion plays a role there when you're talking about trying to, you know, understand remote workers. You know, some of us, like like you said, our, our team is, is pretty good at it. We, you know, we can pretty much work from anywhere. And when this happened, um, it wasn't a, a huge upheaval. We were able to to make every, let everybody work from home and not um, not worry too much about that. And when we can still, you know, meet all of our clients' needs, but not everybody is as well versed as that. So I think some patience and some compassion, um, you know, like you were saying, Zoom is a big deal, but, you know, there's plenty of companies that are using GoToMeeting and Google Hangouts. And so there's a lot of different technology out there. Mm -hmm. um, 
There, there are project management apps that I think are very helpful, things like Trello, uh, Monday, uh, we use one called Hive, where it actually allows you to communicate within those, those applications. So you can talk about whatever your team is working on, whatever project, whatever um, assignment is there. You can see what's, what's done, what isn't done, um, and who's working on what. So I think you know, communication is key, but you, you've really got to understand that there are challenges there when it comes to technology and just be patient with people and give them the, the space and the time to absorb it, understand it, because it's a lot especially when your kids are home and they're driving you nuts and you're yeah, trying to figure and, out how to get on I a mean, Zoom call. That, that's, that's like, I mean, and that's seriously, like that's literally happening. I, I heard somebody today talk about the fact that he and his wife are both working from home. His wife works part-time as a, like a, a uh, as a temp or as a, you know, as a, as a uh, gig economy type work. And mm-hmm. so, but she's also, it, it, but because he is almost always on the phone throughout the day, she's also had to take on the burden of self-schooling three children mm-hmm. that are in yep. three different schools with you know different ages and different curriculums and all of a mm-hmm. sudden you know our home is also our office and it's also mm-hmm. our school for our children yep. right so yep. i don't know you guys i i, I don't you, you, you. I think you're beyond the kids at home schooling. We uh, have, we still have one at home. She's 16. She does not understand the words we're working. <laughs> so yeah. She just, she, she can do the school part herself, but the mom, where's my this? You know, I need that. You know, that's all day long. So can I drive the yep, car. I mean, I, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I mean, I feel for the parents who have younger kids, though. That is definitely a challenge. Yeah, I, I can't really. Uh imagine that so so and what about i guess this wasn't really in the in the question list that we had but what about like in this you know suddenly people are are cut off from their normal kind of work work day or work life social circles you know other than zoom or whatever uh how do people what do you what do you do you have any thoughts on employee to employee i mean it's it's one thing to manager to employee and you know kind of in a team but what about if you're you know just trying to keep keep in touch with those folks you normally see every day and have coffee with at lunch or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do. We do Slack. Um, and I know a lot of companies use Slack and that's great for instant communication. Like I just need to ask this question or provide this answer or this access or anything like that. Um, so it's basically like text messaging for um, for the workplace. So you're not actually picking mm-hmm. people's phones. You're within the app. So um, I know a lot of people are already familiar with that, but that's that's been good. And we within our Slack application, we also have a random channel where people can post jokes, funny things, happy birthdays, um, things like that. So that kind of mm-hmm. helps us keep in touch with one another too. And within Slack, you can also do almost like a FaceTime call. Um, it's not really a Zoom call, but you know, you can, you can actually see everybody and that's, that's been a good thing too. Mm-hmm. So I, I really like Slack for a tool for employee to employee communication. And I was going to, um, I was going to have Robin talk about this tonight, but since she's not with us, um, I'll just, I'll just mention her place that, um, and th- you know, she works for a small virtual company as well, Paradise. And they, I don't know exactly how it works because I've never attended one, but I know they do every week, they do sort of a, a company happy hour and they have like company celebrations and they do it all mm-hmm. with Zoom or Google Hangouts mm-hmm. or anything. So, yeah. so, you know, I think, um, you know, this might not be exactly in your wheelhouse, Jennifer, although you guys may do some of this kind of stuff, you know, it's like the, the, the recognition and, and, you know, they're just the kind of mm-hmm. thank yous that you normally get at the office. Um, it's harder to do when you're remote right? because you're not seeing people every every day. You may only mm-hmm. have one or two calls a week on Zoom or whatever for your team. So you know, it's important, I think, for managers out there to, uh, and especially in smaller companies, larger companies, it's probably more difficult. But um, you know, to to remember that part, you know, that there's got to be mm-hmm. a, some elements of fun, some elements of recognition and reward, mm-hmm. and just just uh, 
you know, camaraderie in the workplace. You need to, if, so if, you, if you've been disrupted from your normal patterns, you, need, you know, I think as an HR practitioner or a, as a manager, you probably need to be putting some thought into, um, you know, how, how can I do this in a new way, you know, mm-hmm. and maybe ask your company to provide some different kinds of way. You know, you can't buy, give somebody a, a, a movie passes or whatever, but maybe you could buy pizza and have it delivered mm-hmm. to folks' house. Just, just, or you know, because they're not not pizza at the office anymore, right? So maybe you can do the same thing in a different way. So. Yeah, it's interesting because I saw somebody talking about this, um, I guess on LinkedIn, they were talking about how the world is focused on employees like never before. Like we're actually thinking about the employee experience and what they're going through more than more than anybody ever does. You know, it's usually, you know, we all talk about how the employee are the, the those are the most important people in the, the business. They're, they're what makes it happen. Um, but, you know, we haven't really been focused on their needs to the degree that we are now. So, yes, I think making sure that you recognize um, whatever you're, you know, whatever you're able to do, like you said, you can send gift certificates virtually. That's easy enough. Pizza delivery. Um, we did, uh, we did Instacart subscriptions for our folks um, when mm-hmm. this all began because we didn't, you know, we wanted them to still be able to get their groceries delivered and not have to go out and, and risk their lives to get them. Um, so things like that to show them that you, you do appreciate them. I think that's entirely possible. And I, I think it's, I think it's great that this, this focus, this new focus on employees is, is happening because I think a lot of people who didn't necessarily think about the employee experience are doing that now yeah um so so we talked i think we may have already kind of covered this but there's one aspect of technology um well two maybe so one is um you know like what do you do if an employee and i I doubt because most of your folks are pretty tech tech, technologically savvy but what do you do if someone doesn't have an internet connection or they don't have a you know a computer like did you guys have any challenges with that or is that not something you encountered technology you know just sending the equipment home or making sure that they had the right amount of bandwidth to upload and download video files and all that kind of stuff you know, it's interesting. We didn't really have any any problems with that. Um, you know, being based in Atlanta, most everybody has a, a decent internet connection and the, the technology mm-hmm. to get there. Um, one thing that we have um, noted, however, um, is the schools, because there are a lot of kids who don't have those internet connections. Um, so, for instance, my daughter's school, they put everything online, all the, the packets for them to pick up. So they have a different packet for every class. And this is a high school. So but what they did was if you don't have internet, you may come to the school and pick up printed packets. But they made sure that it was only the people who who actually didn't have internet access, they noted your student number and all that sort of a thing. So I think that there are ways around it if somebody really just doesn't have the technology, you know, distributing things um, in a different way. I mean, almost everybody's got a, a cell phone. So you can communicate there if, if necessary, um, one way or another. Um, and again, you know, you're talking about employee appreciation, you know, can, can you help provide internet access in some way? So, that, you know, there's a, another consideration there. Because, like, I know when I lived up in the mountains in North Georgia, all we had was a DSL connection, and it wasn't very right. bad, you know. Right. So, I mean, it, yep. it, 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 it was, you know, so, I mean, it's it's a, re, it's a real thing, you know, for people that live a little bit out of town or whatever. As you see, mm-hmm. Atlanta kind of, you're in, in town or Charleston, probably okay, but if you live, you know, mm-hmm. outside the circle, that maybe mm-hmm. not so much. Um, the other thing, silly question, you know, Zoom or whatever, a, a lot of folks are, you know, apparently – they don't know how to dress or they, you know, or they don't, they, they have their, their computer Background. in an office where they're, the, they're, the sun shining through the windows. So they're basically just like a shadowy, you know, version mm-hmm. of the Emperor Palpatine from Star Wars or whatever. <laughs> you can't see their face. And 
you know, and if you're the leader of the group or the meeting or whatever, that's probably not the best look. So are there any kind of just like quick tips you might give about Zoom backgrounds or presenting yourself? I know it's not exactly what we were talking about, but presenting yourself online, like in your work, your new newly discovered work. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Zoom Zoom has a, a feature where you can replace your background, so you do not have to show everyone your your unmade bed behind you or your your too bright window or anything like that. So you can put a, a background behind you, and it does basically like green screen technology. Well, like same kind of thing we do in the studio, or you know, you see with the weatherman, it's green screen, and it, it will put a different background behind you. And just recently, I don't know if you're familiar with Canva. Canva is sort of a graphic design app and it's free and um, you can get it online. Yeah. So Canva came out with a whole bunch of really neat backgrounds. There's one that's, it's sort of a cartoon drawing and the whole office is on fire behind you, (laughs) but then they have ones that are, you know, pineapples or whatever. So you can block out what's behind you and they have perfectly professional ones as well. If you are the leader of the meeting and you want something a little more professional. So Canva offers those backgrounds. You can use the zoom background feature to use those. So a a quick Google search will get you the instructions on how to, how to make your own background. We have about two minutes left in the first, you know, in the, ha- the first half of the show, and I'm not seeing any chatter on Twitter, so it'll be interesting to see if we get joined in the last half hour or not. If not, we'll just do a shorter show, that's all. This is sure. live, and we're very good at being flexible. So, um, so I have one thing that I wanted to chat with you about, if you don't mind. Yeah, um, I don't. One thing that I saw people talking about was that we are sort of in a really unique situation here where we are able to create a, a sea change within the HR industry, where we have mm-hmm. an opportunity here to change how things are done. And I wondered if you had seen anything around that or if you had thoughts there on, you know, what we might change and, and how things might be different when this is all over. Well, I guess, I, I, I mean, I, I guess I have a couple of thoughts. Honestly, um, I, I think, so I think right now, I, I, I mean, I think there's a, a short-term path, which is, you know, I mean, all the companies, I mean, I, we need to, we need to, how, whatever it takes, you know, and that doesn't mean that, it, that HR has infinite capacity or resources, but whatever it takes as best as you can handle in your own organization, I think that it's incumbent on HR people right now in the short term to be as attentive and caring to their workforce as they can. Mm. And, you know, in my, in my HR career, I I know I've laid off hundreds, if not thousands of people, but Mm. I was never someone at, you know, I was never an HR person in an organization. Um, You know, I mentioned Macy's earlier and I don't mean to call them out, but it's just such an appalling number and yet they have no choice right right i mean we we literally and this this may be too harsh uh and i hope it doesn't happen but you you know it's possible that when they laid off those 125,000 people that might be the last time macy's is really around as a company right i mean Mm -hmm. i'm sure Mm -hmm. they'll come back in some form but what will it look like how much will they shed you know and and Mm -hmm. i think every i think every employer in the world, well, you know, in the world is too dramatic. Certainly, every employer in the United States is is potentially facing a similar challenge. You know, how do we mm-hmm. keep the doors open and the lights on? How do we serve mm-hmm. our customer? How do we take care of our employees? And 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 especially with when you know six million customers don't have discretionary income that they had a month ago, right? So they're right. It, it, I mean, it's just crazy. Um, so I, you know, I. I I, you know, I, I don't know if it's possible to like keep people whole, right. But, mm-hmm. you know, do whatever you can, you know, with whatever you've got to make sure it's, it's, it's the best you can do for those folks that have mm-hmm. been with you. 
because if right. this thing you know ends quickly, then you're going to want them back. And and you know mm-hmm. and you know and so I think the short term horizon is that the longer term horizon is uh, I think that HR is going to be challenged. You know, it companies didn't suddenly decide that work from home was a great idea. You know, com, you mm-hmm. know in a, in a total sense, they didn't decide that because that's what they really wanted or how they right. envisioned their workplace, but they had no choice, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. and so what do you do? when, you know, when this thing finally comes back, you know, and people, people have had a taste of working at home and it's not mm-hmm. for everybody. I've done it for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not for everybody. And, and mm-hmm. frankly, right now when I'm quarantined, I live alone. Um, Publix is, you know, has this alternating in and out of the office on different days. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I, I still get a chance to at least go and hang with, you know, my workmates and have, you know, for a while, not, not, you know, in a coffee club or anything, but we can mm-hmm. talk to each other Right? right, and that's really the only conversation I'm having with people, unless right. I'm calling folks or we're doing these kind of things. And and so, mm-hmm. um, you know, in the long term, you know, what work is going to look like may, as you said, may may be undergoing a sea change. What I fear, I guess, is that companies will just go, okay, we flipped that switch. Now that the crisis is over, so let's flip it off, and everybody mm-hmm. come back. And you know, you mm-hmm. know, you can't work from home Friday afternoon. Because you know you have to be in the office forty hours. You know, I, right. I'm afraid that managers will revert back to their old selves, their their old model, because it'll be comfortable, and, right? And that probably is not going to have a, a a fully positive impact in your mm-hmm. in any company that does that. I guess not sure what they should do in place, but hopefully it will. This will open up eyes and have people think about work in different ways, which we were forced to do last week, but, mm-hmm. but we may have a choice to do it more planfully. And, and benefit our workforces in the future. So that's, well, that's, that's about as much as I've thought about it. Yeah, I'm certainly hoping that the basically Herculean efforts that the, the HR teams are going through right now, um, trying to meet everybody's needs are going to be recognized. Um, you know, more of a seat at the table, that sort of a thing going forward. Yep, yeah. Um, anyway, um, so Jennifer, a, a couple of things. We're, we're like 33 minutes over, so I want, I want to see if we're going to get any folks. So I'm going to kind of, I guess ask you the, you know, the kitchen sink question, which is a wrap up and it's two parts. One is any last thoughts. And then the second piece is um, where people can find you uh, online. And then, uh, and then I'll, I'll, I'll mention some, some resources that you made available. So let, let folks know, you know, your closing thoughts and then how they can find you. Sure. Um, you know, one closing thought is, you know, we're a small business like everybody else. We would love to help anybody that is listening on out with their employee communications and helping them connect and engage with the employees, um, particularly during this time. Um, one thing to think about um, going forward is that business continuity plan. That's something that we have done with a number of companies to help them come up with a plan for when things like this do happen, they do have that continuity in place and they know what to do. Um, and those companies fare much better. You know, studies have shown that if you've got that plan in place, you're going to fare much better. Um, as far as where to find us, I do want to let your listeners know that we have a downloadable guide to employee communications, um, and mm-hmm. that's on our website where you can find us. That's at projectionsinc.com slash communication guide. So um, okay. if you want to download that, that's just a, a PDF, and it's just uh, basically bullet points on how to communicate with employees during times of crisis and when things are difficult. Um, so there's that. Yeah, and then you, you sent me your earlier in the week you sent me a number of uh links to resources from your 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 projections puts out a, a lot of great content and um i'm saying that to other folks other than you but you, you know also mm-hmm. know that know that i value your stuff jennifer so anyway the, there that. are probably half a dozen links i posted them already on the drive through hr 
uh, Facebook page for uh, under the post for this show, but I'm going to go ahead and repost them again, probably tomorrow morning or, or later this evening. But if, so if there's there, you know, there's a, there, there's a podcast episode and some articles and a couple of complimentary leadership lessons, I think that are videos. Mm-hmm. So if you guys want to check out some of projections offerings, this is stuff that's relevant to the communication, um, Mm-hmm. To the community, you know, to, to what we're dealing with now. So Jennifer was mm-hmm. kind enough to provide those resources. So I'll post those. Um, and then Jennifer, um, just uh, like Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook. I mean, you mentioned projectionsinc.com. Anything for you personally that folks can, the best place to find you if they want to reach out to you? Um, yep. You can find me on LinkedIn, Jennifer Orqua. Um, and okay. that's O-R-E, O-R-E-C-H-W-A. That's a hard one to, to spell. So, um, yep. But uh, definitely on LinkedIn. Um, I connect with just about everybody. So I would love to connect. Great. So, so, so thanks very much for, you know, kind of having that conversation tonight, Jennifer, uh, hopefully, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully some folks were listening in and if not, we get a lot of traffic off downloads. Now that you guys are doing the podcast stuff, you probably see that as well. There's a lot more, uh, a lot more listens after a show, although you aren't live like ours. So you release them, but there's right. a lot more listens for us on uh, typically on the downloads than there are on the live show. Mm-hmm. But yep. um, so, so I know there are a few folks that said they might hang out tonight. So if you're out there, um, and want to jump on a call and just check in with how you're doing and say hello. Uh, we're going to open. I think I think you're going to stick around for a little bit, right, Jennifer? Sure, sure. Yeah, cool. Um, so if you, if anybody wants to call in, you know, either hit me up on Twitter with a comment or dial five one six three eight seven nineteen sixty eight and come on and say hello and let us know how you're doing. And if we don't hear it for anybody in a couple of minutes, then we'll just end the episode. So open chat for now anyone's out there. So one thing, Michael, I was hoping to talk about a little bit is um, podcasts for employees, employee communication podcasts that are dedicated for that purpose. Is that something that you've, you've seen a lot of? We have had um, a number of people talking about that. I think just as uh, podcasts rise in popularity, um, it's something that I think a lot of companies are considering. And I didn't know if you had heard anything on that or seen anybody do it. You know, you you know, so, so, um, so I haven't seen a lot. I mean, I think there are, I think there are companies that are doing podcasts. They're mm-hmm. not, you know, like that. I mean, so I think what we're seeing is, you know, there's podcasts for branding, you know, marketing mm-hmm. branding. Yes. And then right. I know there's a ton of other, uh, I know there's a, you know, a, a ton of other companies that have people doing different kind of podcasts um, related, you know, a lot of that may be recruiting companies, but there are a lot of regular brand employees as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, and there's a guy, uh, well, there's a, there's another podcast uh, that's run by a gentleman named John Thurman and his co-host Wendy Daly. And John works uh, for an energy company in Richmond. And he just posted a couple weeks ago and, and he's done podcasts for a long time. I did an episode with them a couple of years ago um, mm-hmm. and had dinner with John and about in September last year when we were talking about this, but yeah, he, he was, his boss listened to their podcast and asked him to start working stuff up for, for them. John does recruiting and, you know, kind of HR mm-hmm. and stuff. And so, yeah, that, that's the, that's the, that's the main one that I've heard from. Hang on one second, mm-hmm. Jennifer, I'll come back to that. We have somebody calling in from the, the 507 area code. Who do we have? Hi, this is Victoria. Victoria, again, two weeks in a row. So, so Jennifer, uh, Victoria is uh, based in New York, um, 
known him for, I, I keep saying this all the time now, I've known him for more than 10 years, which I can't believe, but um, he, he was a, he was one of our pod or our uh, social media team members at HR Florida, I think going back to like 2011 or something. So, but <laughs> Victorio is up there in the middle of one of the worst hotspots and he, was, mm-hmm. he joined last week. So how, how has this week been Victorio? Uh, so far, so good. Uh, awesome. Pretty stable in terms of the the workforce and uh, the community at large that I uh, support. So you know, I'm knocking wood that it uh, remains that yeah, way. Yeah, I'm knocking wood and keeping my fingers crossed and not let any black cats cross in front of me. None of those. None of those. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So yeah. So uh, thanks for calling in. Did you want to chat with Jennifer about something, or do you know somebody that's doing internal podcasts? Uh, well, actually, I did have a question for Jennifer. Mm-hmm. So um, what I was thinking about is, you know, eventually it's going to get to a point where, you know, businesses that are still operational have to kind of resume operations and figure out what mm-hmm. if any changes they're going to make. And so, you know, what sort of advice would you give around having a communication strategy that supports the needs of the business in the moment, but is flexible enough to change quickly as new information is is brought on board or decisions within the organization are made that impacts the workforce. Well, and definitely, you know, it's the same sort of situation when there's a layoff at a company or, um, you know, something like that happens. You want to have that ability to communicate with, you know, what you want to call the survivors or the, the folks who have, have stayed with you and have been able to stay. So, yeah, shifting shifting the way that that is communicated and who you're communicating to, obviously, you know, there's still going to be a lot of fear there. So that's something that you definitely have to address. And I think that going back to that thing we talked about earlier with, with relevance and making sure that what you're communicating is relevant to that group of employees um, and making sure that your leaders are prepared to stick with the relevance, stick with the forward thinking language and be positive about what the, the future holds. Um, you know, and then again, that authenticity and the transparency, be honest, you know, tell them what's really going on. Um, when companies hold back, employees know it. So you've got to be able to shift that communication and get to them with the right words at the right time. And you could do that, Thank you, you know, that. sure. I mean, you could do that in a variety of ways. Um, you know, we, we like websites a lot because you can establish two-way communication. It's easy, easily um, updated at any point in time. Um, and you can dedicate a microsite to that topic. Here's what we're doing next. Here's where you go to find the information. It allows your, your leaders to point to that page. It allows your employees to know where to go. And even particularly one thing we talk about a lot is that secondary audience at home. You know, that when somebody goes home to their spouse or now is home with their spouse, you know, they, they want that information too. They're just as hungry. They need that reassurance that things are, are going to, to get better and we're, we're moving on up from here. Hey, hey Victoria. Yeah. Um, I have a question for you. You, and I, I you know, only answer if you're comfortable um, and it's, it's not a, a terrible, you, I think you work like with education, like schools, right? Yes, my main client is a preschool. Yeah, so how, I'm curious on your end how, because the, the educational world has definitely, um, you know, had to go into homeschooling as well. But like with, like with that, with the preschool, what's happening? Because you can't really, 
I mean, that's child care or it's education, I guess. But how, how has that impacted your client, I guess, is my question. And put simply, if you can chat about that. Yeah, well, if you uh, talk about disruptive, all of a sudden you have, uh, I think, somewhere in the range of several hundred thousand kids now receiving uh, virtual educational and, in our case, uh, therapy uh, sessions with three- to five-year-olds while going through all of these disruptions in their home lives, you know, meaning parents now either working from home or maybe in some cases laid off. And so uh, we're used to operating in a very physical way because that's how schools operate, and now all of that is now being done virtually, and there wasn't a plan for that in place prior because who would have thought that's schools would have been closed to the point where you had to conceive of doing these things virtually. Uh, But we are starting to do that. We're using a lot of the same tools that uh, normal businesses use, so Zoom, Google Hangout, so on and so forth. And from a communication standpoint, we're fortunate in that we have an HRIS system that's pretty robust. And so any and all information that can be put into that system and then um, communicated out through that system to our staff is done that way. And they're pretty savvy in the sense that if they don't have laptops at home, they all have cell phones. And so they can get their communication straight through our uh, HRS systems app. And from there, it's just a matter of kind of cobbling together a plan to support each other during this difficult time. And we have some yeah. key members that work with the different teams to make sure that the appropriate communication uh, goes out in a timely fashion. And, and then I was just curious, you know, if, if you had Jennifer asked that question that I advocated on for a couple of minutes about like what happens when this halts and we go back to hopefully some version of real life. Um, what do you see changes happening in HR or the, wor- the world of work? If you, had, if you have any thoughts on that, I'd be curious because I know you're a big thinker a lot of the time. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Um, That's a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I think it's hard to say at this point. I do think that in broad sense, we can't all return back to what was considered normal because mm-hmm. let's face it, you know, we're, you know, years and not decades behind the fact that we all, we've had the capability to work remotely, right? So we were forced to do this. I think a lot of companies will realize that, you know, now that they've done it and, you know, the world didn't stop turning, there's no reason why they mm-hmm. can continue to operate in that fashion. Mm-hmm. Others, you know, they'll take a more blended approach to see kind of what departments or job titles can work in that fashion, what does that look like in terms of productivity, morale, power dynamics will need to change, you know, the relationship between supervisors and uh, subordinates and teams will have to be um, rejiggered, and, you know, that's going to be uncomfortable for people for a variety of different reasons. Mm -hmm. Uh, So uh, then, of course, there's pay and everything else associated with those power dynamics that nobody's even thinking about now, privacy considerations, uh, safety, confidentiality, you know, lots and lots of things to 
re-examine and then try to make work for your organization while remaining competitive in the marketplace and surviving. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, it's a lot, but I think it's exciting if we come together and kind of take a, an approach that works yeah. for Agreed. each organization and the people within it. Yeah, it's definitely a it's definitely a very unique, albeit unfortunate, opportunity for HR to change a lot of things or help guide a lot of changes. I guess for sure. Mm-hmm. We have another caller from the two one five. So hang on, if, if you feel like it, uh, Victoria, I'm going to bring the the other caller on. See who the, who we have. Okay. Um, hello, caller from two one five. Who am I speaking to? Hi, Mike. It's Talia. Hey, Talia, I thought it might have been you. I thought that was the number. But I <laughs> How's it going? So far, so good. Um, we're trying to figure out, Jennifer asked, you know, how quarantine was, and I, I said uh, it changed last week. It was gi- rum and ginger beer for me, and this week it's a Heineken. So, but we need, we okay. need to come with an official <laughs> drink. So yeah. if you have any thoughts, feel free to post them. How, how, how have you been since we chatted last week? Oh, you know, just kind of binging on all of the webinars that Kate is putting out and a few of our mm-hmm. other attorney friends and trying to absorb everything I can about how the CARES Act is affecting the startup community. And, you know, it's 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 a lot it's a lot to take in, especially if you're a small business. Most of the people that I work with have fewer than 200 employees, so they're very, very much impacted by all the new legislation. So binging webinars. Not something I ever thought I would do. Yeah. <laughs> what, a, what a fun, you know, what a fun thing, right? You know, actually, it's very yeah. important. And there's actually a lot of good stuff being shared very quickly. I'm really impressed with how how law firms and HR people and consultants have risen to the to keeping up with this on a daily basis. Because God knows I don't know what the CARES Act says. I've been dealing. It's with amazing. So, so Jennifer, projections is what about a dozen folks in your staff. <laughs> So you, um, I mean, you're not a startup. You're just a you're just a, a small business that's been around. Not just a rather you're not a startup. You've been around for 20 plus years, but you guys are are, are technically a small business. Um, I'm yes. just curious. Right now, has this affected you in some way that we didn't talk about? Like, or is it is it just like are things still good generally in your situation? Uh, generally still good, and we've actually been around for 40 years. We started in 1979. I'm sorry, I haven't been, I I haven't been around that long, but. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah. guess you guys, you guys, there was a previous, I always forget that. Yeah. 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 So, mm-hmm. um, so the, the thing that we've seen most is um, a lot of our clients who, with whom we have proposals out are being very cautious in spending. Um, so they mm-hmm. are in a, a wait and see kind of mode. Um, they still want to go through with the projects that we've talked about, but they are holding things pretty close to the vest right now. Um, so that's mm-hmm. the one thing yeah. that we've definitely seen. I yeah. saw, um, I saw, if you can imagine this kind of announcement, I saw the Cheesecake Factory put out mm-hmm. a, you know, they, they did a call and they put out a, uh, you know, they put out a press release basically and said that they won't be paying their rent on any of their properties, which are, you know, right. hundreds of restaurants. They won't be paying rent that. this week, this month because of cash flow issues. And, and, yeah. and I, I, and I kind of get that. And mm-hmm. then, and, and then the, kind of the, the kicker to that, we enjoy very good relationships with our real estate, you know, managers, et cetera. I'm sure we'll be able to to work this out, but it wasn't really kind of like a question. It was more like, you ain't getting a check this week. And, you know, I'm like, right. man, that is awful. <laughs> but, yeah. You know, right. there's so many things rolling downhill. So, so Talia, um, I, Jennifer brought up this question about where, where are we going to end up on the other side of this? I wondered if you mm-hmm. had any, wonder if you had any thoughts, short-term, long-term on 
world work or whatever you would call it? Um, well, I do have a question for Jennifer too, but I'm happy to, okay. I'm happy to answer, you know, from my perspective where we're going to end up, I think in the short term is um, there's going to be, I think a, com- a little bit of a different grab for talent. I had someone compare it to me as preparing for the draft because I, I'm a huge sports person, so I'm really looking mm-hmm. forward to sports coming back. But we were talking about it in terms of, like, draft dollars and who's going to be available and all of these companies that are treating employees really poorly right now are not going to hesitate to walk because there's always mm-hmm. going to be a group of people who understand how talented they are. And, you know, the last time we ended up in this kind of, like, 2008, 2009 where folks were – either permanently leaving the workforce because they wanted to go start their own business because they were hell bent on never being treated poorly again. So I'm on the side of this group of folks that are probably going to either take this furlough time to investigate, you know, what possible options might be there, or if they believe that they weren't treated the way that they deserve to be by their employer, they're going to be pretty actively on the market when this turns around, because I do think it's going to turn around. It's just going to look a little bit different. And the way that we work is just going to be a little bit different. And that's kind of the long term of this is the way that we work won't be the same, but I think that the work is going to be there, if that makes any sense. <laughs> it does. Yeah. I, I saw something today where somebody predicted that, you know, when, when things open up, everybody, there's going to be a big boom. There's going to be a resurgence mm-hmm. of hiring or people going back to their jobs because we're, we're going to be mm-hmm. so pent up, pent up demand everybody's going to go out and eat out and go to movies and watch bands and whatever. Mm-hmm. And, but then mm-hmm. uh, in 2021, like third quarter, this particular economist says we're in for a hard run, probably a, a pretty serious recession. So that's kind of mm-hmm. scary and unfortunate, but it certainly doesn't seem beyond the pale. I just want to mention one thing and then I'll, you can throw your uh, question sure. to Jennifer. I mentioned John Richmond and Wendy Daly earlier, but I, I didn't uh, mm-hmm. mention the podcast and their Twitter chat, and that's HR Social Hour. So if you haven't, if you're not familiar with them, check them out. They do a Sunday night, 7 p.m. Twitter chat every week, and they do podcasts that they record. I think once every couple of weeks. I'm not really sure what the cadence is, but it's a great show, and you should check it out. So anyway, with that shameless plug behind, what do you want to ask Jennifer <laughs> Talia? <laughs> so my question has to do with all of the PR that is behind the companies that are either committing to no layoffs or just the other day, you know, the CEO of Comcast, which is a Philadelphia-based company, said that he was no longer going to be taking a salary Mm -hmm. and also building a $500 million, you know, um, some sort of employee fund that he Mm -hmm. was creating. And then there are small businesses in Philadelphia too, like Sear Interactive, where their founder, Will Reynolds, took to video to let everyone know how he was not only going to help his employees, but also help their families financially. So Mm -hmm. large and small, you're seeing these companies doing great things. What note of caution would you give to companies, employers, small and large even, who are seeing these very bold actions being taken or these very, you know, kind of, grand sweeping statements being made that probably shouldn't because they might not be able to hold up to what they're committing. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm completely with you there. You know, it, it goes back to what we were talking about 
kind of early in the podcast about authenticity and, and transparency. Mm-hmm. Um, if that gesture is meant as a, um, as a PR move, if you are doing it for your customers and not for your employees, then it's, mm-hmm. then it's, it's going to, it's going to backfire and it's going to, it's not going to work out well. Even if they follow through with it, if it's all for show, even your employees, it, it leaves them with a bad taste in their mouth. So uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I definitely don't think that they need to be out there, you know, tooting their own horn. If you're going to do it, great, do it. <laughs> but it doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily need to be something because you've got to really differentiate between what are we communicating with our employees and what are we communicating to our customers, our vendors, our suppliers, um, because mm-hmm. that, those are, those are different messages. And you might be saying the same, you might be talking about the same topic, but you've got to have very different communications for each of those. So, you know, it's interesting because we only see the public face of those. We don't necessarily see what was told to employees. How was that, how was that message delivered to them? Did they learn of it in the news media or did they learn it? You know, was there a specific communication that came down from the top that they were, that they were told that this was happening. So, you know, that's, Mm -hmm. that's one of the things that we'll never know. Um, But you know, that's, yeah, it's, it's tough when it looks like it's all for show. Because you don't want it mm-hmm. to be, you want it. You want it to be true. You want it to be authentic. Um, so you know, I, I do hope that the that those folks do follow through with what they're what they're doing. And I think it's tempting to see you know what's happening, and then folks just end up saying like, oh, I can do something similar. Let's talk about that. We need a mm-hmm. PR machine to talk about right. how we didn't lay anyone off, and you know we, you know, gave meals and we did all these things. And I just feel like, you know, I'm I'm seeing companies that are donating time and available mm-hmm. resources to the community. And right. that's that's also fantastic. But I also think that there are, I think it's tempting for companies to kind of want to, I guess, uh, kind of showboat or showcase. Well, and it's they, interesting because, um, you know, in in the, the old world, before all this happened, that would be what you do. You know, you would take that, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, whatever we're doing good in the community, we're having a volunteer day and all our employees are headed out into the community and you would mm-hmm. play that up. I mean, that is, that is what companies do. And that is, that, it makes your employees feel good. It makes your customers feel good about working with you. Um, so you would do that. But in a time like now where we've got this crisis on our hands, that kind of, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to call it showboating, but you know what I mean? I mean, it's, it, it yeah, comes off, sure. it comes off a little wrong. Disingenuous. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, thanks. Huh. I um, wanted to go back to something that you said a second ago, Talia. I love the the what you said about that the ways in which we work will change, that the the, the work itself is what really matters. I love that. Yeah. And so, something that you and Mike were talking about too is you know this kind of rush to get back to work or back to the way it was. I don't I don't know like, why do you have to go back to the way that it was right so for an extended period of time now. We're going to be working in this way, and it's going to work. Everyone's just going to going to adjust to how this feels, how this you know looks. If you're using those fun backgrounds, or if someone forgets mm-hmm. to put on their pants, you know, it's like <laughs> this is right. this is how it looks right now. Right. And while you, of course, would wear pants if you're going into the office, you know, is there is there a new sense of freedom, not by a new dress code, but is there a sense of you know kind of this is this works. So, you know, let's not hurry back to forcing everyone into old routines, old habits, because the ask of everyone right now is so great. And mm-hmm. everyone is already adjusting in so many ways. You know, give it time. Don't, mm-hmm. don't try to rush back. Everyone should be allowed to ease into whatever the new normal is going to be. I don't think this is the new normal. I think what's on the other side of this is the new normal. Yeah, I think this for is sure. Temporary. Yeah, yeah. Cause we only have a couple minutes left, but you know, the other side of it is people are doing this now. I mean, people that are working at home now, creating office space in their there is going to be a certain amount of people who don't want to do that. 
or mm-hmm. aren't going to be willing to bear the expense or, you know, they're, they're willing to, I think, pitch in during a, during this, you know, incredible emergency, but in a lot of folks don't want to come back. Anyway, I guess that's my last thought. Um, I just wanted to plug a couple things. So Jennifer, first of all, thanks for being on drive through. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. Sharing some information with us tonight and engaging in a conversation. Um, we'll keep doing these shows for a while, hopefully. And, um, we had a lot more people call in last time, and next week we're going to try another one of these versions. Uh, we're going to have an, an HR practitioner, and I hope I don't screw up the name, named Taylor Bradley, and an HR practitioner. We work on one of the COVID, in, uh, COVID uh, infect, infected ships that was quarantined in Japan. And we're going to have a really interesting oh sort of look at like what it's like to be, you know, locked down with COVID-19 growing all around you and, wow. and some thoughts from Taylor on, you know, how that applies in the HR world. So that'll be next Thursday night at eight o'clock with another quarantine episode. Um, Victorio and Talia, thanks for calling in. It was great to have a chance to talk with you guys again this week and, uh, you know, uh, continue to jump on if it makes sense to you. And, and, and other than that, I'm going to give, uh, going to go ahead and end the show. So everyone take care and we will see you next week. Thanks. Thanks, Michael. Thank you. Okay. Bye, Mike. Thanks, Jennifer. Thanks, Michael. Thanks, Elliot. Right. Thanks, Victoria. Good night. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.